This week on Low Earth Orbit, we interview Us Two Games. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit. This is episode 37. I'm Scott Stevenson. This week I was at GDC, so I had a chance to talk to the developers behind the upcoming isometric, atmospheric, Escher-inspired game, Monument Valley. The company's called Us Two Games. And because I was at the conference and they happened to be at the conference, it was a really good opportunity to, to do an interview Unfortunately, Justin and Steve were not at GDC, so they weren't available to participate, but they'll be back next week. I'm just going to cut over to the interview now, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. This is the first time we've done an interview, so if you have any feedback, we'd really be curious to to hear more about you know what you liked and if you want us to do more of these in the future. The other really important thing is that we actually have a video version of the interview as well. So we Two big things we're doing for the first time brand new, uh, and we'd really like feedback on both of them. If for some reason the video version of the podcast does not show up in the feed, you can go directly to lowearthorbit.fm and find it there on the site. Um, But we'd really like you to check that out and tell us what you think, because if you like it, we'll do more of that in the future. All right, enjoy the interview. I'm Scott Stevenson, and today I'm with the Monument Valley guys, us two games. And uh, just real quick, if you guys want to go around and say your name and and what you do. Yeah, um, so my name's uh, Neil McFarland. I'm the director of games at us two games. And, um, yeah, I generally um, just try and create good vibes in the studio. <laughs> I'm uh, My name's Dan Gray. I'm the producer with Us Two Games. I basically try and make things come out on time. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Peter Bashley. I'm the tech director at Us Two Games. And I just try and make things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Uh, so, you know, roughly when I, when I looked at the game, to me it seems like an isometric uh, puzzle game. But what's what's the best description you have for the game for people haven't seen yet? Yeah, I guess the best way for us to try and describe it is to say that it's a it's an isometric game based around uh, impossible geometry and architecture is the the sort of goatee line we usually use. Um, it's as much about the interaction with the with the environment and the architecture itself as it is the the puzzles or the character really. But but along with that, there is a there is a narrative, um, and, and as the as you progress through the ten chapters of the story of the that is in fact a story. This story is unfolding, and, and you learn more about why you are there and why you're helping uh, Princess Ida go through all these monuments and do what she's doing. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I guess that kind of leads into the, the first question I had was, what what feeling would you like the player to walk away with? So. It sounds like there's an, an atmospheric element. There's sort of like the, the enjoyment of just being in the game. Yeah, but is, is you there... had the ultimate quote. Yeah, there, didn't you? that's what I was going to say. I got a great quote of someone today who, um, who, who they were on the booth and they had the headphones on and they took them off and they were like, oh wow, that that game is like it's like it's like a spa treatment, <laughs> <laughs> which is like a, a great way of describing it. I mean, we, we definitely wanted to we want to um, whatever our, our, our ambitions are for the narrative. The point is that I think we've we've trying to create something really kind of um, uh, moving in terms of it puts you in another space it changes um, changing um, uh, the, the way you possibly are, uh, forget about time you know it's like yeah. you, you get immersed in the, in the gameplay and, and you, you, you're caught up in this very imaginative world this kind of ethereal and, and, and uh, 
puzzling world, this this in a world of uh, you know um, what's the word um, for the architecture sort of this. And we think it's more about a kind of challenging, oh, helping you to enjoy uh, the experience with impossibility rather than kind of challenging you with mm-hmm. the impossibility, mm-hmm. um, and that. Uh, feeling of how you perceive what you're looking at on screen and um, how you translate what you're seeing on screen into your assumptions about 3D reality is is a large part of the game as well as challenging your perception of what you see and letting you try and perceive things in a different way and that takes you outside of the reality as well and I think that's part of the immersion and the, the spa treatment mm. is, <laughs> is that you, when you're in that world you're not looking at things in the same way that you would do real life and I think that's part of it I think I'm genuinely going to change the iTunes description to say <laughs> it's like a spa treatment <laughs> and then quote some guy at GDC <laughs> That's a pretty good spot treatment. One. It is. Yeah. I, 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 for a few dollars. It was. Like, I, I would buy that game. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So I was playing one of the early versions, and that was that was part of the feeling I got. Uh, maybe not the spot treatment one, but like <laughs> I was left with the feeling of like sometimes I wouldn't really know what to do, but I never felt like ah, I give up, you know. But it, it was always sort of fun to try to figure it out, and eventually I'd always figure it out. And it seems like the game kind of helps you a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah we, we did tons of user testing, and, and the, the aim was never to, as you say, that that you should always. If we've done our job properly, then you should never really be. Um, you should never really, you know, n- n- you know, delete this game in frustration. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like it's we like, don't want any rage quits. No, it's, it's like the carrot on the end of the stick. It's yeah. like the way you should feel is like I'm constantly waving just a carrot on the end of the yeah. stick, right, yeah. in your face. So even if you do decide to take a break, and you know go and not play the game until tomorrow then you're still going to want to come back you're not going to be so frustrated when you just you're like I just hate carrots it's it's really funny on the stand because we've we've watched a lot of people play the game uh, and we've done that before as well but these are people who have no link to us I mean they're game developers so I suppose they're predisposed to uh, feeling positive about it but watching people play through and you see people get a little bit stuck and you're tempted to intervene and tell them, but we've learned that what you need to do is not do that because that's the problem. The moment where you are really building up to want to intervene is the moment where they get it, <laughs> and and it, the light bulb goes on in their head, and and that's where they get the most enjoyment. Out of it. it's, it's, it's a pretty deep uh, philosophical statement. <laughs> it applies to a lot of things. Actually. Yeah. So I think you, you started to kind of answer this a little bit, but um, in addition to the atmosphere, the spa treatment, there. <laughs> You kind of hinted the fact that there's a, a bigger story, a bigger narrative. Yeah. Is that is that something that is it's still part of the same game? But do you think are you going for something different with that than sort of the atmospheric element? Are you trying to leave them with a feeling from the, the overall narrative? I think there, yes. But what we we're also open to the, the to the to the the problem of, of con- often conveying narrative in a game. Um, players will often overlook it will often rush through narrative and we've done we've been lots of implementations of how we deliver the narrative as we've been making the game and we've really sort of settled on a way that is hopefully delivers the narrative but it's is sort of un- unobtrusive in a way that is not um, that if a player does rush through and, and doesn't really read everything that we put in front of them and we haven't put that much in front of them yeah. that they're not going to 
necessarily uh, miss out. I mean, part of the story is just playing the game. That the narrative is about interacting with these spaces, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's really a lot of what this is about. The narrative that's on top of that and that is that drives it. Um, is, is hopefully a light touch, and hopefully there is, there is a. We, we won't let anyone play the end of the game um, while we've been demoing it. But there is a revelation at the end, and, and, and things are revealed. Um, but hopefully, um, it's going to be just a, another step along the way of being th- sort of thrilled by the journey itself. Mm, we've very much gone down the road of uh, sort of visual storytelling. Yeah. Ap- apart from you know just walls and walls of text. Which means that those who, who want to discover more about the story will will see it and will sort of piece the get piece together the pieces themselves. So it w- was the the whole game was it all done in Unity or was there any kind of custom work or how did that go? It's yeah, it's been developed in Unity from day one. Um, we've the whole team has got experience in Unity, so it was a kind of natural pick. Uh, and actually, for the kind of game we're making, which is or have made, I should say, <laughs> um, which is all about uh, the kind of maximum amount of craft and and uh, polish into everything that you see. Having a really good 3D editor is a really kind of huge part of that, and our artists being able to iterate kind of instantly and see what it looks like and play around with it is kind of invaluable. I don't, I don't think there's any way we could have ended up with what we've ended up with without that back end um, and part, partly that on the visual side and partly that on the game design side the level design side that we've using Unity as a great starting point for that but we've also in terms of the tools that we've built uh, within Unity it's always been our aim to make it as easy as possible for to some people who are working on level design which we don't really have any level designers it's just all of us um, <laughs> to be able to do that in a kind of unconstrained way without having to worry about oh god how do I make sure that she can walk over from here to here right, right. it should just work um, and being able to do that has been pretty amazing like it's just lowered all the barriers for entry yeah. for everyone on yeah, the I feel, I feel like such a shill talking about <laughs> Unity like this so, you know, it's not just because we're so, so brought to you by Unity yeah, but, um, <laughs> brown, brown paper, paper bag is currently yeah. making its way across the table but I mean I'll be the Unity is not necessarily the correct thing to use for every game, but for this game, it's pretty much the perfect thing. Uh, yeah, going back more to the kind of creative side, uh, obviously at some point you had an initial idea for what the, the game would be, the concept and the mechanics and that kind of stuff. How how fully do you think the original inspiration sort of carried through to the final product? Did it, did it change quite a bit? Or I'm not sure that the, the original concept it was necessarily exactly the same in terms of uh, control mechanics or anything like that. But in terms of visuals, it's pretty much almost spot on. Yeah, we've got we've got that one piece of concept out on the wall, which yeah. was the fir- first thing that um, the genius master Ken Wong actually did, and we've we've kept that on there as inspiration. And uh, you know, even recently, like we say, we finished the game now. We've looked at what we ended up with and looked at where we started, and it's it really isn't that far away. Yeah. So when he did the concept art, did you? How did the process go? Did you guys talk about the type of game you wanted to make, and no. he just went off? And no, he he, he literally. <laughs> he knew what it, it was. It was at a time where he. Um, I think over the course of a few weeks, he literally just did pieces of art in different styles and, and different techniques. Uh, and I guess we we took those pieces of art and, and just thought, what what would happen if we made that into a game? How would that work? Mm. Um, 
which is a bit of a weird way to go about prototyping, really. But it's it's sort of led us but to where this we are kind now. of thing. It's what the way you have to do it. Yeah, like we like we had no idea. We you know Ken Ken did a piece of art that was in an isometric style, um, and we said, how would this work as a game? You know, how would the architecture be manipulated to get where we want to be? And, and that then led into a you know a technical prototyping um, session of you know one weeks then two weeks uh, to try and figure out how it would act and just sort of led on from there really. And on the me personally, I remember seeing it and thinking, oh yeah, this is a kind of there's seeds of some neat stuff in here. But my what I immediately popped into mind was pretty much was quite different from that. Um, and the fact that we've ended up in there is kind of testament to the fact that Ken was right all along. <laughs> is is this the first game that you guys have worked on together as a group? I mean, I assume you've maybe individually worked on different yes, things. I'll let, but... I'll let these guys answer that. All right. I'm, I'm relatively newbie in comparison to these two. So is that, um, Pete and I have worked on uh, games before, but um, essentially as a group, yes, it's our first game um, together, and that's what's been really exciting about this is that we we've, we um, the game's taken us about ten months. Um, and you've been at us two for a year for about a year yeah so yeah. just before we started prototyping yeah so so we there was um, the previous incarnation of the games team us two various people left for various reasons moving moving away for family reasons out of London uh, and so we were looking for new people and we managed to find some I mean we've been really lucky with the people we found the sort of quality of the team we've managed to assemble um, and we just got this great this great unit and we did some prototyping we got started off with a couple of other ideas before we eventually stuck um, got Monument Valley um, and but since then we've just really gelled and, and, and come together and, and just produced this this great game they're all really proud of but you know over the course of those, those that this past year and 10 months especially um, we've just really kind of fit together and, and, and all really helped each other and grown and, and worked out how best to deal with each other and how to support each other um, and it just seems to work. We all have a great time, and we all we all enjoy working with each other. Mm. As far as I know, like that, like that was my draw. Like I, as I said, these I joined these guys like twelve months ago, uh, on the promise that what we would do is create something, create something that was just utterly creative. On a you know, a, we would prototype ideas, we'd bang these out, and we would we would do them for the sake of doing them. We don't have necessarily a directive from you know upper management to make this kind of game or that kind of game. Um, we have a just to, to make, make a good, good game. <laughs> to make a good game. That's it. Like that—that that is the only thing, and is that's that's the best way to be making games. So how can you kind of turn that down? You know? Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Has it lived up to your expectations? Well, we've not released the game yet, <laughs> so let's let's see what happens. Uh, You've got to be more committal than that. <laughs> no, I am. I am. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I've I've worked in like huge companies I've worked in small indie studios and, and this is like the perfect balance for me and the type of stuff that I want to make good deal uh, so I think we kind of touched on this before but just out of curiosity is there some sort of game or media influences you, you guys could cite for some of the ideas here I mean Escher is an obvious one um, but I kind of get like shades of like Journey that kind of thing I mean is there anything else uh, yeah Journey's worth pointing out in terms of um, one of the um I think the feelings behind the kind of games we want to make are, you know, some of the some of the people at the heart of the games team. You know, Ken, for example. Um, we, uh, we 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 talk a lot about what what games mean and what they should be and what we want from them. And I think we are all at the moment not looking to get involved with games that take too many hours to play. Um, and there, there seems to be with games 
as you say, Journey is a game that can be completed in uh, you know less than two hours, mm -hmm. you know? um, and it's something that that, that, that we seem we were aware of with Monument Valley. We wanted a game that people finished, uh, and the more this is interesting, the more I talk to people about games. Um, People are just wanting. They want. They want, they want to get by. What by what they, they know. What they're going to get in terms of they want to pay for something. They know the game's all there. They're not going to be hit with a paywall. Right. But also that they're going to see the end of it. This thing's not going to stretch out for so long that they're going to turn off halfway through and never get back to. Mm -hmm. So I think they're possibly you know it feels like it's a movement towards giving people that ex that experience, a complete experience that they, they will you know get through and not not you know drift away from at some point. So. Yeah, that, that seems like that was one of the things that struck me about there's this entire contained piece of game. Because a lot of games will come out and they'll sort of continually add levels and continually add new characters. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that wouldn't work here. It, it's a complete it, thought. It wouldn't. Like, there's one thing we've been saying when trying to explain the game. and we've it's, it, it may sound cheesy, but it's the perfect comparison. And that's that we... It's almost like a, like an album of music. It's almost like right. a, a set of songs, and each each one is is written in an individual way and has an individual thing to say. Uh, and collectively, they tell a story, and that's that's kind of one of the things we designed from the outset, and mm -hmm. one of the things that we ended up with. Mm -hmm. And you know, changing one of those things along the way for sixty nine p, you know, a dollar may not have made that much sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what are the so we're at GDC, obviously. So. What do you guys think that you're excited about from other developers, or what? Maybe not even at GDC in the last few months, you know? Because I could see, I've seen a lot of stuff that I'm really excited about. I've seen this. Uh, I can't remember the full name, but it's Lovers in Space Time or Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, what is going on? I went to the play. I was like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And there's there's been you know 10, 20 games like that at the at the show so far. Is it is it on is it on at GDC now? Because I actually genuinely really want to play it. I thought, no, no, it's, 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 right? it's on the uh, it's third floor at the indie pavilion thing. You can uh, try it. Yeah, because yeah, we watched that on a trailer a while ago and I was like, that looks awesome and I actually genuinely yeah, really That's also it. indie game. Eh? It's one of those games. <laughs> God, I should get a job there. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is actually a point that I think it's worth making that into this year that yeah. you look at those games on the on the show floor and if you'd probably done it a year or two you would have been like that's into game that's into game and these are games that like I see it on the on the website and I'm like wow I didn't know that was into game how the hell did they do that like, um, like I didn't know and Lovers in Dangerous Space Time is a great example of that yeah. because they I mean there's so much alpha effects going on and the colours they get going on are amazing and actually I think a bit of an inspiration for us and our use of gradients and such like with the, with the art style yeah. so you, get, you guys haven't played it then I guess if you didn't know no it. not played not it I actually yet. really want to play it so it's pretty, so, it's pretty fascinating because you're oh you played it yeah, 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 yeah. it's the strangest thing because you walk up and I was watching somebody else play it and I was like I, I don't know how I would play that game because <laughs> <laughs> so the, the mechanic is that you're running around inside of the spaceship and you have to run to different Mm -hmm. Decks basically and, and control it, mm -hmm. and it's I think it's designed to be played as co-op. Yeah. I was going to say that's one of the best bits about it is you having to rely on the on your your co-player. Yeah. It's really wonderful. Is it, is it best to play it with a lover? <laughs> I would think so, actually. Yeah, maybe. At the end, it actually, you type when you you know, like in an old arcade game, you type in your, your three <laughs> yeah. initials. So you both type in your initials, and then there's a heart between them. So oh, that's, like, that's very awesome. sweet. Yeah. Does it end up being like a more complex version of Space Game or? Uh, so uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I was I said the same thing before you guys came. Uh, it seems like Space Team, but then mixed up with like some sort of action platformer. Mm -hmm. yeah. there, there's some there's some element of that. Instead of like yelling, you know, fi yeah. fix the blender or whatever it is, you actually have to run to the the, yeah. the 
the department says steer the ship. But if you're doing single player, ask about that. And it's like, well, what if you don't have single player? You can get a, there's a dog in the game. You can just direct the dog to go to the particular point. I don't think you can steer, but um, so any other games that you guys have seen that you're interested in, or have you been too tired uh, doing interviews? We've not, seen, we've not seen that much this year yet. I think we've just been. I've, I mean, since I've been here at GDC, I've. Feel like I've had no chance to do anything other <laughs> than being meetings. It, 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 it genuinely but... seems like when you speak to other game developers, everyone's so busy making their own game that they don't have any time <laughs> yeah. to play anyone else's games. So anyone who's looking to get into the games industry just realise that you will probably cease to play games <laughs> past this point. Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to going and actually doing a good trawl of the uh, whole arena tomorrow yeah so we've got we've got three of us on on one booth which is the uni booth there so there's enough time for you know one or two of us at a time to go and go and sort of look around the floor and see what's there yeah i'm really keen to go to the uh alt control alt control gdc uh it's it's in the in d hall yeah um and it's all kind of different controllers and oh, okay. things okay. like that and we've met a load of people who sounds like they're showing pretty interesting things there so <laughs> yeah I can't wait to come have a go at that obviously all the VR stuff is yeah. everybody's really excited about you trip, so. yeah you trip over a VR device every five feet yeah, yeah. it's yeah. crazy it, it's true though like, we were having a conversation at, at dinner before we came tonight and we were saying it's genuinely the most exciting times we make in games yeah and I've heard, like Valve actually even has something that they're not showing to the public, but I guess I the, really want to see that. Yeah, I think that one of the Oculus guys said he went to a presentation, like a behind closed doors yeah. thing, and he said he was blown away. Yeah, which is oh, pretty wow. insane. Wow, <laughs> everything I've read about people who've seen the Valve VR um, demo is like they're just completely mind blown. So. Wow, it's going to be something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to get on that. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll try and we'll try and get on it this week. Whilst we're there, yeah, yeah. Does so, anyone else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll tell them. Where am I going to make Monument Valley in uh, in Oculus in VR? We were we were playing this. I've forgotten what it's called, but we were playing this um, Oculus game, which we're doing. It's kind of similar Escher-esque uh, impossible staircases and all that at um, the BAFTA show last week. Um, and that was that was really interesting for Oculus because I've I've seen a few Oculus demos and having that one of those ones where you know a lot of Oculus demos try and be a bit gentle with you but this one where you're like I have no idea which way I'm looking <laughs> which way up which way is up um, it was but he was amazing. cool because because the guy he were with at BAFTA genuinely said that he made that because he'd seen our game. Did he? That was a genuine. That was a genuine thing he said. Yeah, which oh, I thought, yeah. which I thought was awesome. <laughs> Does that mean you get a percentage of the the profits? I hope so. I, so. I hope well, so. I didn't. I didn't record him saying it, so I have no legal, no legal boundaries for <laughs> suing him yet. But no, what was, it, what was it? You don't remember the name of it. I feel like I bad because I can't plug him now. No, <laughs> that's true. It was it was one of the Mastertronic games that was yeah. being shown there, which is the publisher. Yeah, and oh, I feel like I'm gonna do it, but I can't remember the name. Um, there was cool. one level within this game and they had uh, loads of other stuff going on uh, it was a kind of dream sequence level yeah. um, but it was kind of it was a little bit like the Tuscany demo wasn't it in terms of like sandstone and vines and things but it was cool to buy yeah okay so so when's the game going to be out and when can they get it and where can they get it uh, the game's going to be out on the 3rd of April um, and they can download it off iTunes uh, it's going to be a universal app so you can play it on an iPad and you can play it on an iPhone 
Um, we've seen a couple of press press articles that say it's iPad only. That's not true. It does genuinely look really good. On setting the record straight <laughs> here. Setting, setting yeah. the record straight here as well. And we've had a lot of people ask about other platforms. And for now, we're going to be releasing uh, an Android version later on in that month as well. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. And I'm really Thank looking you. forward to playing the final game. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Again, there's a video version of the interview available on lowerthorbit.fm or it may just be in your feed. Since we've done two brand new things that we haven't done before, we'd love to hear your feedback on either or both, both in terms of the interview stuff and video in general, you know, what you think about those, if you'd like to see either more of those in the future. So if you have feedback, you can always email it to feedback at lowearthorbit.fm or send us an at reply at lowearthshow on Twitter. And you can also go to lowearthorbit.fm to get a list of all the things that we talked about during the course of the show if you want more information on any of those. And uh, I guess that's about it. Talk to you next week. I always think I can't remember which one it is, whether I like ginger beer or ginger ale. I always get confused which one it is that I like. I like both. Do you like this one? This is nice. It's very gingery, but... Ginger beer is the next level up. It's level two from ginger ale, right? Really? It's like ginger ale plus one? No, it's actually the taste of ginger ale without the watering down. Mm. Why don't you just eat a piece of ginger? Why don't you just be all pro and just <coughs> eat raw ginger? That's not far off, though. <laughs>